orders to all units. All units, stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Ah, good morning. You're listening to On Patrol with the PPD. It is now Friday, 9 a.m. We're going to get to a quick weather break, and we'll be right back. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly cloudy this morning, then becoming mostly sunny. Highs in the mid-80s. North wind around 5 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear. Lows in the lower 60s. North wind around 5 miles per hour in the evening, becoming light and variable. Saturday, sunny, hot with highs in the upper 80s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Ah, good morning. Lieutenant Traversa, how are you? Good morning. Good. How you doing, Darren? Good. So supposedly, well, we'll have to wait and see if uh, the chief is going to Skype in. I think he's figuring out some tech. Um, in the meantime, we are figuring out some tech here as well. I know. We've got a whole new board. Yeah. It's so the other ones. With five minutes of practice time. The other one's <laughs> under repair. Same basic concept, but the it's just it's like going to a new car, like figuring out where all the new buttons. And it looks shiny. It it's brighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for so, sure. So you're listening to WTBR eighty nine point seven FM. Uh, we thank uh, this this the crew here uh, that's been allowing us to do this. Uh, did we hit a year yet? I think. I think it, that we. It, you know, it might be like. It's close. Week. It's close. I think it was the end of July last year. Yeah, yeah I remember July that uh, we started doing the On Patrol with PPD. Uh, the, the chief kind of brainstormed with a, a few others and said, hey, listen, let's let's make this work, you know, as part of a attempt to be uh, more transparent uh, with the community and talk about uh, projects that we're doing here at the police department as well as what we're doing in the community. And so it's been a great platform for us uh, to be able to uh, speak about what, you know, the current events that are going on that that um, involve the PPD as well as other community events to kind of help them get the word out. So uh, we're grateful that we have some listeners. Um, hopefully in the future we can, in that too distant future, we can have uh, call-ins. I know the chief was working on that, right? Yeah, I'm... Um, You're over there. You look puzzled. Well, you know... It's uh, like I said, everything looks different, and um, I'm just kind of waiting to see where that that Skype uh, pops up here. Um, so while but, we're waiting, yeah, um, Operation Copsicle, uh, which is uh, it's been two years now since we put that out on the street. Unfortunately, with everything going on with COVID and social distancing, we haven't really figured out how we're going to do that and bring that out and back out into the communities just yet. Um, it has been out at a couple of events that uh, have already been approved for COVID. The Berkshire Theater Group, the movies that they did out there at the Conic. Yep. We brought it out there uh, two weeks in a row, and that is now complete. I think they were done there last night. No- last one was supposed to be last night, but they had to cancel that due to the weather. But um, I know we have another one coming up. Uh, uh, we're going to join a fundraiser August 3rd, I believe it is in Lennox, the church in Lennox. So 
You're gonna leave me alone in here? Oh boy. So we didn't uh, we didn't have anything planned this morning, but you know we can certainly touch base on uh, Operation Copsicle until Gary gets back here. Operation Copsicle, uh, which we brought on board in 2018. So 2018, uh, July 4th, that came to fruition, uh, and we debuted it at the 4th of July parade. And uh, that year alone, I think we brought it out 25 times, oh, if okay. I remember correctly. And then uh, we again brought it last year. We had a total of 65 times. You know, and, and again, and unfortunately, this year I was hoping to break that record, but with COVID, we had to hold back on everything. So, what do we got there, Gary? I, I, I see the chief here in the uh, Skype him? window. Chief, can you hear us? I can hear you. All oh, right. Oh, there he is. I yeah. see him in the other screen. We're good to go. So, we'll morning, morning, chief. Morning, Darren. There he is on the. Uh, on the TV part, so um, anybody who's watching on um, on the TV side of this should be seeing what we're seeing here. How's it going, Chief? It's it's going all right. I, uh, I I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> long enough for you to grow that long beard you got there. <laughs> I've, I'm in quarantine. I'm not shaving until I come out of quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, uh, I'm not in quarantine, but I'm in the same mindset. For whatever reason, I got a little lazy this uh, past couple weeks, and I got the winter beard going. So how have you guys been? Well, as you know, uh, I was on uh, a few weeks of uh, time off. It came back this week, and um, just digging out and, uh, you know, trying to uh, get back on track here with the you know, a couple of projects and wrapping some stuff up and starting some some stuff out. And I don't know, Darren, how about you? I, I haven't seen you either. What have you been yeah, Well, to? I haven't been on vacation, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, end of August, I think. I've got uh, a week coming out. But um, things have been busy, Chief. Um, you know, I, I didn't know if, I assume you probably heard me chatting a little bit about the Operation Copsicle. And we have been out a couple of times, um, myself and the, and the missus, uh, did some nice. volunteer time out there at the cinema um still trying to figure some other stuff out. i wanted to bring it out to the camps today um just couldn't get a hold of anybody but hopefully uh, in the next week or two um we can bring it out to the camps and and still be socially distant and safe and but bring some uh, smiles to our to our uh, young residents so absolutely so i uh i was thinking about this last night and you know we're we're still comparatively new with this like you know darren was saying that observation copsicle debuted during the fourth of july parade and um we've talked this radio program debuted uh the, the week following the fourth of july parade last year so we're actually just coming through our first year and it, you know gary that we maintain uh the the command calendar maggie maintains that for me and with everything going on, it didn't occur to me when your vacation hit the calendar that I also had vacation coming up. Smart Gary also had vacation coming up. And uh, Darren just has been has slammed with stuff going on at, at trolling in the community. And so it's been, what, three weeks since we've had the ability to do a program? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, it's good to get back. But the it's, the it's, week before my vacation... I I was working, but I was alone, 
and couldn't figure out a way to manage the board and and get content and so we had to cancel that one the morning of and then it wasn't until the week i got ready to leave on vacation that governor baker extended the um the travel restrictions and so i got ready to leave on vacation and director armstrong informed me and said have a nice vacation don't forget when you come back 14 days so um last week i couldn't figure out the the skype thing at all because you guys weren't there to to work the board all right so uh, at the final day of the the final isolation we finally figured out how to make it work well, to uh we are back in action so today today's your final day Today, well, today's my last work day. Oh, okay. All right. My, my quarantine expires this weekend. Well, I'm sure you've uh, enjoyed it. Although you, you know, you have the ability to work from home, so I'm sure it's not. It wasn't uh, all free time and relaxation. It. I worked regular hours. Actually, I was I was thinking about this this morning as I was coming downstairs from my commute. I actually worked longer days in quarantine, <laughs> um, and I don't, you know, so. My wife has been working from home since the beginning of the pandemic. Her her office is at the other end of the hall. Like we we have um, visits during the workday. We never get to <laughs> normal. Um, but we didn't, you know, unlike a lot of our viewers and listeners, we didn't experience that. Right? We kept working, and so during March, April, and May, my little home office slash workout space. This was like my sanctuary. I would get home at. Five o'clock, six o'clock after shutting down the coordinating center, and I'd come in here and grab a workout or record a story time or maybe just, you know, do some guided meditation or something like that. I fell in love with this space, right? This little space that I created for myself, but I never really got to use. After the last two weeks, I hate it. <laughs> right? I come down here first thing, and, and it's really hard because you're in the middle of a project and it gets to be the end of the day or shift change, and you're just like, I'll keep working. And the next thing you know, it's 1,800 hours. And you're still working, right? And then you have to escape your escape to actually put a break in the day. So it's been interesting um, emotionally and psychologically. I don't want to complain because it was only two weeks. You know, people who've been doing this for four months have my undying sympathy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back to some regular work hours. Well, I, uh, go ahead, sorry. Go too ahead. much of a good thing is a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Something it's, along those lines. It's all about perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, for four months, this was a place that I would look forward to getting into. And now at the end of the day, I'm like, get me out of this room. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, so Heather has been working home since March as well, uh, you know, via the uh, computer for the hospital. And so when I'm off, like yesterday, I actually took the entire day off. Like, that that's very rare, right? So I, I yeah. took the day off and, and sat home and I, I just, I don't know. She gets in my space. <laughs> I get in her space, and I'm like, you know what? Like, you motivated me. So I cleaned the garage, and, and uh, we had some moisture issues in there. So I took care of that and mowed the lawn uh, pretty much in the pouring rain just so I didn't have to go back in the house. But, you know, it's, uh, I've cramped her style, you know, in, in her space. So she's been used to that since March, and, and very seldom do I have a day where I'm off completely. And... I was home all day with her yesterday, so I, I'm sure she's re relieved that I'm not there today, even though it's the day off. And I said, "Well, I have stuff to do today, so it's we'll leave her be." This is just a small sample of what's going on all over the world, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm sure she's happy that you're with us this morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, so today uh, I am off today. Uh, I, 
this I was actually looking forward to to coming on here this morning it's been a little while since we've chatted and and uh, brought up some good conversation and but after this we'll be going to um, retired uh, police officer is it is it Brissette or Bassett? Bassett. Bassett. Yeah. So retired Lieutenant Norm Bassett. Oh, he was a lieutenant. Okay. Before my time. Was it? Was He's he working when you came, I, Chief? No, no. He was. Uh, he had been retired for several years when I came on the job. He had been retired for a couple of years when I joined the Resource Center. So. Well, our thoughts he, uh, go out to his family. Absolutely, it, and a family of a family of service, right? So. <clears throat> Lieutenant Bissett's son was a Pittsfield firefighter for a number of years. And uh, I'm sure both of you remember Lieutenant Bissett's wife was uh, for a long, long time and in some capacity occasionally still is a public health nurse. If you have received your flu shot in our roll call room, you have been stabbed in the arm by Mrs. Bissett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we have that that uh, funeral at eleven o'clock, and uh, honored to be part of the the honor guard that will be uh, assisting with his services today. So, Lieutenant Dolly will be representing me because I can't attend, and I'm sorry about that. So, on behalf of the department, my uh, apologies for not being able to attend, and condolences to the entire Bissett family. So, Chief, you mentioned the uh, the center over on Second Street. Um, I had a, an opportunity to make a visit over there um, earlier this week, and um, they put me to work. Let me tell you, um, uh, our our student officer uh, Nick Pasuik, who's been on the show, and I went over. Um, there was a a large tractor trailer load of a um, of equipment and uh, supplies that came in, and that was fun. <laughs> So it's it's interesting because the art, um, the story in the article that we uh, had visitors from the Eagle from uh, several weeks ago before I left just came out. And, you know, the the communication during that article is we're kind of standing down, slowing things down, kind of going into a, a standby by appointment only mode. And just as we got ready to stand down, Mima contacted us and they're looking out to the fall. And because they don't want to deal with this fall, what many communities had to deal with this spring, they've continued their procurement and distribution of PPE. So I think you were there, what, Monday? Um, no, Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. So um, Monday, they delivered a small truckload of PPE just for the city of Pittsfield, for PPD and PFD. And then Tuesday... They delivered the the truckload for all of Berkshire County, uh, and it was twenty plus pallets, right? Yeah, and it came it was, in the unit. Yeah. So I was glad that you were able to go over there with Nick and help out because the communication was a little muddled and we weren't really sure what was coming when. But Maggie sent me some pictures, and you know that place is full, more full now than it was when we were in the, the initial wave in March and April. Because uh, we weren't we weren't getting truckloads at a time, right? When we were scrounging for stuff in March and April, things were coming in five or six boxes at a time. And so um, next week, we'll have to figure out. I've already put feelers out to north and south to their coordinating centers, and we'll have to figure out distribution. But it's you know it's I'm proud of it because the model that we managed to put together 
during the height of the emergency has now been held up as the model to be replicated across the Commonwealth, right? Instead of having 30 plus individual communities drive to a MEMA point of distribution, they're working with the coordinating centers to push it out regionally, and then the coordinating centers can schedule pickup or delivery. And we've been very successful with that. And then again, even though we switched to appointment only, I think I've got more unfilled resource requests sitting in my email inbox this week than we probably did during the you know second week of June. So. Wow. Yeah, everybody's a little foresight, I guess. Well, the, the requests that are coming in now are part of the city's reopening plan, right? Okay. So those departments that are getting ready to start inviting people back in and reopen, they're looking for supplies both for their staff and for the residents who come in for city services. Well, when we were uh, unloading the trucks, you know, fortunately, it was a lot of, pal like you mentioned, 20-something pallets. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to pull together, um, a, a, you know, eight or ten of us, I think. Uh, we had a couple of, uh, you know, obviously it's um, Captain Brielt from the Sheriff's Office is, um, has been there with, uh, with Gary Munn and Maggie and yourself. Uh, but we also got a couple of uh, the, the deputies from the Sheriff's Department come over, extra hands to help out. Uh, we had somebody from Northern Berkshire EMS, um, Nick, myself. So we, uh, we made it work. It was a uh, different type of work, but it's uh, obviously necessary. So, Well, you and I have talked about it a little bit, and we've, um, you know, we've discussed it numerous times on the air. It, I never... I never in a million years thought that I would spend several months of my police career doing warehouse management and resource procurement, right? That's logistics is, is something that goes into a different section when you're trained in operations. But this wasn't a public safety emergency. It was a public health emergency, which meant that health was running operations and you plug the gaps, right? right. You go where you have the, the requisite training and skill set to be of use. So that's where they put me. And it just shows that the incident command model is so valuable. Yeah. I mean, going back uh, before 9-11 anyway, there was, we, we, on the police side, we didn't have very much exposure to it. Absolutely. So what so, else is going on? What's not going on? <laughs> Crazy times. <laughs> Well, it seems like, you know, it, it, you know, you watch the map, and I try not to watch the news, but you watch the map and you see that Massachusetts, it's still, you know, we're still part of the um, state, we're still part of that group of states who hasn't really increased significantly, but, you know, over the last couple of days, you know, with the emails and whatnot, we're seeing that, you know, there's some stuff that's, you know, it's, it's almost like it's starting to slowly come back around, and, you know, hopefully it's not a sign that people are... Um, you know, lacking in their, in their social distancing and, and uh, wearing their masks, you know, safely and, and when appropriate. And I know it's hard for us, uh, especially those of us on patrol, it's hard for us that are uh, doing community stuff. But, you know, I, I do try my hardest, you know, especially um, uh, Heather uh, is always messaging me saying, hey, you know, make sure you have your mask on or you didn't have your mask on in this, in, in this picture. And, you know, please, you know, like just take care of yourself. And, um, you know, I think we tend to forget that those that are in first responder fields, um, 
tend to tend to forget that because it's you know we're, we're not really used to doing. I that. mean, it's it's important for a couple different reasons, and I don't want to get into the details right now. But you just mentioned it, right? We've got um, we've got some workforce surveillance going on right now because of some reports regarding some of our people, right? And that's concerning because we're on our regular work schedule. And if um, if there is infection in the workforce, that means that, you know, it's 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 in an entire working group. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's a problem from a personnel point of view. But we're in a better position now to deal with that than we were in the spring. So we'll do our workplace surveillance and we'll keep an eye on it. But it's not just that. Obviously, you know, we want to make sure that our our personnel are safe and healthy, but people are watching. Right. It's it's role modeling that right behavior. And it, I was happy to find out after the fact that this actually didn't have anything to do with us. But early this week, um, you know, I got an email forwarded to me by another city department. It was a complaint. A complaint came in via, you know, anonymous voicemail. And essentially it was a bunch of first responders sitting uh, at a table somewhere at a coffee shop, not socially distancing, no masks. And uh, Captain Kirshner took a look at it for me and come to find out it didn't have anything to do with Pittsfield PD. It was a establishment. Um, I know exactly where that was. <laughs> it was an establishment that's close to neighboring jurisdictions. Yep. And uh, they had some people from several of their departments uh, hanging out on a coffee break. But somebody saw that they're in uniform yeah. or driving government cars and they're not doing what's expected and the reality was they had made their way to the table and under the current guidance they had taken their masks off when they got to the table and it probably was okay uh, but it sent a bad message yep and people wanted to people wanted to talk about it so um, yeah yeah you know in, in you know sorry to interrupt you but okay. you know that that falls in the same line you know with operation copsicle right so so that's my main goal you know since we uh put it to use uh, two years ago is to make sure it's out as much as we can um you know no matter what we try to you know it just we do our best to make it happen um and my fear is is that okay you know we're going to bring this out into a neighborhood we're going to try it and although we might be um you know keeping our social uh, uh, distant behavior uh, regular, regularly, but the community that comes and visits the truck, um, you right. know, I, that's my biggest fear is that even though like a lot of these communities, uh, the, the housing developments, they're, these kids and, and these communities are always together. They're constantly together. Um, you know, and we can't monitor that, but so I, I uh, you know, you're kind of on a, a I don't know. It's it's a fine line, and I just you know again, I don't want somebody's perception to see that. Well, hey, you know the police are supposed to be you know setting the precedent, but all of a sudden you know here's ten kids that are standing next to the truck waiting to get a freeze pop or an ice cream, but little right. do they know that either that's you know there's two or three different families there that all live together, um, you know they play together and whatnot. So it's you know it's it's hard because I don't want that to be misinterpreted. No, we have to be cautious, and again, we we have to model the right behavior and set expectations but it's you know if we're versatile problem solvers we'll figure this out right yeah so so lieutenant traverse i'm curious tell me a little bit about your vacation um a lot of work um 
It really. Uh, just, you know, I had some projects around the house that, uh, you know, some were, were things that, you know, just fixing stuff and, and some was, uh, you know, some new stuff I wanted to get done and I worked my butt off. <laughs> that was about that it. Sound, that doesn't sound like much of a vacation. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But, you know, I, it was stuff that I had to get done and, you know, it kind of builds up over the course of a year or more and, you know, with a, a busy schedule, things don't get done. And, and I just, I took the opportunity, you know, we didn't go away anywhere. So I, yeah, uh, I, I just, I did a bunch of mostly yard work, um, but some other stuff too. So, yeah. Did you, have, did you have any fun? Yeah. Yeah. I sprinkled it in here and there. Just, <laughs> I wasn't happy with the ratio. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you need more time off. Uh, yeah, well, fortunately, I I have it. But, um, you know, as you know, this is a job that you got to sometimes you have things going. You got to pay attention and uh, and keep it going even on your off time. So it is what it is. The, hey, the, the positive part is, you know, the weather for the most part was beautiful. And I will take being out in, you know, 80 or 90 degree heat over a snowy uh, January day, uh, anytime. So we're um, we're coming up on on the station break, and we haven't really talked about any serious topics yet. But I think I'll take the you know the the few minutes we've got left. I'll tell you a little bit about my trip, and then we can get serious after we do another check of the weather. Um, so. Lieutenant, I know you know because we talked about it at a command meeting, and Darren, I think you probably saw some of the stuff that I posted. Um, I had uh, I had the opportunity to take a trip back to New Mexico, and um, I had traveled to New Mexico a couple times when I was a scout uh, to go to Philmont Scout Ranch, and Christina has heard me talk about that, those trips so many times that this year when she was trying to decide what we should do for um, – my birthday to, to mark my 50th without me knowing it she did some research and she found some places in new mexico we could go um and something that we had done on my birthday a few years ago that we both really enjoyed was going out for some trail rides on horseback and so we uh we decided that we were going to go to a dude ranch an equestrian ranch in new mexico uh for four days to go go do a little horseback ride different part of new mexico than i had ever been to before uh and so she told me right after the you know first of the year you got to take some time off and obviously you know the first couple months of the year is always difficult i checked with the mayor and the finance director like you absolutely can't go in june go in march and we were scheduled to leave the sunday that we declared the emergency like i was going to go to new mexico and you know you guys had stood up the command so I, i felt comfortable making that trip And then that Saturday, they started putting the national travel restrictions in. So Saturday morning, we canceled the trip and we didn't go. So eventually we got to the point where we thought we could reschedule it. And she contacted the ranch and they could accommodate us the first full week in July. So we rescheduled it. And uh, July 5th, you know, we decided we're going to do this. So we took our trip and we headed out to New Mexico. Um, And when I say like a part of New Mexico I'd never been to before, the directions included take a left turn and don't pay attention to the sign that says for 121 miles, no services. (laughs) 
and <laughs> 70 miles from cell phone signal. Darn. So that's the first time in 13 years that I've gone more than a couple of hours without the ability to receive any type of electronic communication. It probably felt so, good. It, it, it's it it's good for the soul. Get, <laughs> yeah, it was good for the soul, but it took three days to get used to it, and I got one day of the full benefit. Uh, so we went to this ranch, a beautiful place called Geronimo Trail Guest Ranch. It's technically in the community of Winston, New Mexico, but it's 60-some-odd miles from the road crossing that is Winston in the middle of the Gila National Forest, just deep, deep, deep in southwestern New Mexico. Um, and small ranch, right? Two guest accommodations. Wow, the that's people it? people who were there were Christina and I, <laughs> a single guy living in the other side of the cabin that we were in, and one family, um, grandmother, mother, three children. We were the only guests and four staff. That was it. That's awesome. And so, uh, you know, went horseback riding twice a day, went exploring some of the um, members, people, cave dwellings and cliff dwellings and uh, riding through the canyons. It was like being in a Butch Cassidy movie. It was unbelievable. I had, uh, That's I had awesome. two great horses. Oh, and the food. The, the guy who works at the ranch, Fred, who's like an electrician by trade, but he's the chef. Some of the best, like, home-cooked, wholesome food ever. Massive portions, Gary. You'd have loved it. <laughs> I do love big portions, if not just to fill up to have for lunch the next day. <laughs> Christina looked at one of the desserts they served us, and she started laughing. She said, if we were out at a restaurant at home, they would have served us half of this slice, and we'd have shared it. So basically, dessert was four times what we normally would eat. That's great. And we, and we weren't leaving anything on those plates. So, I'm glad you got some time away, Chief. It, uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, I'll share a quick story. Uh, going back, I want to say 15 years ago, um, I was, um, I, I really wanted to, to ride, a, you know, get on a horse and do some trail riding. I hadn't really done it that much. So uh, my wife and I went up to Vermont and, um, yeah, you know, it was like a, a farm or whatnot who had, uh, they had, they had trail rides and lessons. So we, we took like, a, I don't know, a half hour, hour lesson and then took a trail ride. And it, um, I, I jumped on the horse and I, you know, for lack of a better term, it was a little more natural for me. And I, I really enjoyed it. It, it it's like, you know, kind of going through the woods on you know a four-wheeler without the loud noise and and, and yeah. you're, you're actually you know you have, you're kind of you know it's uh it's just you and the animal and it, it had a, a ball it, my wife however um had a little bit of trouble trouble you know controlling her horse um you know she i i don't i i can't imagine she wasn't really doing anything wrong because there was somebody there with her and they were kind of coaching us. I, you know, I was kind of off on my own a little bit, um, but the horse would not listen to her. So um, it was a little more challenging for her. And, and, and for that reason, not as great an experience. So we haven't really done anything like that since. Um, but I, I still remember how much I enjoyed it. And at some point I would like to, to do something like that again. And maybe not to the level that you did out there on a ranch for you know multiple days but uh i think uh you know i i enjoyed the the horse 
that, you know, some other some other time when we have more time, I'll tell you about my last trail riding experience, which did not go as well as this one involved um, the horse. I think they call it um, blowing when they don't want to work and they, they fill their belly with air so that the saddle won't fit right. <laughs> really? And a jujitsu roll when my saddle slid off of the horse. <laughs> well, was, All right, let's get, yeah. let's get some weather and some PSAs. All right. Stand by. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, mostly cloudy this morning, then becoming mostly sunny. Highs in the mid-80s. North wind around 5 mph, tonight, mostly clear. Lows in the lower 60s. North wind around 5 mph in the evening, becoming light and variable. Saturday, sunny, hot with highs in the upper 80s. West wind around 5 mph. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. We will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. We're back. Back, LT? Yeah, we are. I, uh, let's see. Let's get the screen up. All right. There we go. Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to find you guys uh, so I can have it up on the have it up on my television here at home so I can see what you guys are doing. What, what, cha oh, see, uh, what channel would that be uh, for? It's on, it's on Roku. So oh. I have to go find uh, the select channel. There we are. The... Um, the challenge here is that uh, I don't know if you were you heard us at the beginning of the program when we first got on. It's like driving a new car. It's all those pretty much the same controls. They just look a little different, and some of them are in different spots. <laughs> so I'm a little slow know, with the transitions. You don't know which one's the wiper and which ones are the headlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which one's the delete all? <laughs> uh. So before before we get to some serious topics, I'll just I'll finish up the story about the trip with this, right? So I don't think Christina's listening. I hope she's not, because she would be really upset. Um, it, she's she's not a great passenger. Oh. Um, and so when we travel for long distances, she would always prefer to drive. And if we're in her car, she always drives, right? 
which I don't I don't care because I, I get to drive a lot for work and you know I, I'm over that so if somebody tells me they want to drive I mean lieutenant you know sometimes I'll, I'll make you drive yeah <laughs> work. Um, so we get to Albuquerque and we're getting ready to make this drive four hours out into the wilderness and we go to pick up the rental car she's like I think you should drive and I was like now she's she's funning with me right because she never wants to be in the passenger seat but it wasn't her car and it was kind of a little sedan which you know she drives a, a fairly sizable suv and so now she's like no really i want you to drive and i'm like all right and i don't remember the last time i did four hours of highway driving it's been a long time right maybe the last time i was in new mexico um so yeah that was uh that was an interesting thing so. well Anytime I get an opportunity to ride in the passenger seat, I take it. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So, um, oh, I'm on delay. I, I've got ourselves on television and I'm on delay. And I looked over my shoulder. I'm like, I'm not talking. Why am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Technology is such a cool thing. Yes. All right. So, Most of the time. Um, we're, we're having a good time this morning and we're having some fun and but there's been some serious 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 stuff going on locally and in the commonwealth and nationally and i don't think we can do the whole segment and not talk about at least some of that yeah well i just it's, saw that uh josh landy's uh tweeted a conversation he had with you so oh uh, it came out yeah i didn't know when the story was gonna post so uh yeah that should be fun um, it's, I, I love when a journalist tries to, uh, set me up in opposition to one of my colleagues. It's like, listen, it's, we're on the same team. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out or question somebody publicly just because you asked me to, it's not going to happen. Um, so that, that was interesting. And they but, keep using your younger picture. What's up with that? Everybody's using your young picture. <laughs> so he probably just picked it up so that. There's a picture that came out as related to um, a current campaign at the Berkshire Athenaeum, oh. and they they put it out. It's a, it's actually a picture from like the week I took over the department. It, I've got the captain's bars on, yep, and it's it's a 13 year old picture, um, but that's out on social media right now. So he probably just picked it up from that. Gotcha. It's, well, we're gonna have uh, to update WA. that. That's that's the one that's still on the website. I think. I think it is too. Yeah, yeah it probably is. Nick's, uh, Nick's updated everybody else's except for the Chiefs. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> he took the pictures. Uh, we're going to fix that. <laughs> there, there were some underlying orders. <laughs> Keep my younger picture on there. <laughs> it's, it's funny because um, the story, I don't remember which story it was. One of the stories that ran in the Eagle uh, before I went on vacation they took a picture of me in, you know, soft uniform, polo shirt, and uh, khakis that Ben Garver took out in Dunham Mall. That picture's got to be nine years old, right? It's just the gallery photos just keep coming back. Yeah, you know, I saw that one. I didn't look at it close enough to to even recognize that it wasn't a uh, a current one. So it's uh. Yeah, I mean, it, there is there's a lot of lot to talk about, a lot going on. Um, wh where do you want to start, Chief? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're we're not gonna get through all of it. We've only got you know a little bit of time left. Um, I think 
so I've gotten a lot of questions. I know even Darren was engaged in some conversations online with some of our colleagues. I think the, the big elephant in the room, the big thing that's on everybody's mind, and particularly for police officers as well, is is what's going on with the um, the current status of police reform in the Commonwealth. And it's no secret, it's been widely publicized, that for the most part, law enforcement is it has an issue with the way that this has gone about. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons that law enforcement has an issue with the way that it's gone about isn't that we're opposed to police reform. Uh, you, you both have taken in service with me. We've been working on a lot of this stuff for over five years. Uh, it's part of the our commitment to implementing the recommendations from the final report of the president's task force on 21st century policing, which we've spoken about on this program before. But this particular reform movement in the Commonwealth, it just seems um, hurried and and it seems not representative. Um, what what happened in the House was, um, or I'm sorry, what happened in the Senate was both unfair and unfortunate, right? There, there was no notification. There was no public debate. Um, they stayed in session until four o'clock in the morning, and they announced their version on a on a Sunday morning, with no conversation with the Chiefs Association or with our um, our labor organizations. And it's not that anybody in law enforcement said don't make some changes. We just said we want a seat at the table, and we want to we want to be included, right? We've been doing this work and leading this work in the Commonwealth for a long time. It doesn't seem right that we wouldn't be included in the conversation. So the other so thing that was, it, go ahead. yeah, the, the thing too is it's, um, you know, there, there are a lot of elements from what I see that, you know, the, the, the police community, law enforcement uh, support. There was just some things that were uh, put in there that I don't know that um, everybody understands the implications and. Right. And also the the like, you know as you mentioned the uh, uh, the brevity with which this went about without without any input and um, on top of that um, you know you, you talk about unfunded mandates to a certain extent there are a lot of things that we're required to do in law enforcement it, 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 it seems like you know every time uh, a law is written and there is a question as to what department or what government entity should fill that function. It tends to be the police. And right. we get overtasked and, you know, not only in our, our operational function, but also, you know, some of this bill is going to require some training. And you can speak to this more than I can, Chief, about the, the training shortfalls in, in the Commonwealth. I'll go a step farther than that. So I was, so the, we talked about this on the program in the past. The entity within the Commonwealth of Massachusetts that's responsible for the actual delivery of police training, the curriculum development of the police training is the Municipal Police Training Committee. The MPTC is a department within the Executive Office of Public Safety and Security. Now, the MPTC is not perfect. And when I see problems with the MPTC, I'm, you know, they, they know I call them out, right? But it's very good, and I'm proud to be an MPTC instructor, and I'm proud of the association I have with that and the evolution that I've seen from when it was the Criminal Justice Training Committee. Um, 
you know, we're fortunate in the Commonwealth to have it. And the MPTC has been vocal in the last month about a lot of this stuff that's happening elsewhere in the country. You don't see it happening in Massachusetts because the MPTC has taken the lead in how they provide training. And so a lot of this stuff they've already addressed. Well, because of the way the, the bills were going, particularly most recently the House bill, um, the MPTC had a virtual meeting early this week. And because of some of the stuff that had come out of the House, they invited the law enforcement counselor, the LEC presidents to attend. And I've been doing the best I can to follow some of the, the changes and the amendments in the language, but I can't keep up with it, right? There's there's lobbyists and lawyers who, that's all they're doing is reading this stuff. They were debating over 200 amendments to the House bill over the at the beginning of the week. Talk about Wednesday. keeping up with COVID. This is a whole new, you yeah. know, the, this is a whole, whole new bag. New yeah. So I get into the MPTC meeting, and they start off the meeting by sharing the or the content of an amendment, an amendment that hasn't been publicized, that's being debated while we're in the meeting. And essentially, the amendment disbanded the MPTC. They're like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to take over police certification and training. Oh, yeah, I did and see we're that. We're yeah. going to create this entity to do that. And because we're going to create this entity, the MPTC is no more. But they didn't include the plan for what the new entity would be. And they didn't talk to us about how we deliver training. They just waved their hands and wiped it out. So we have a, a structure in place that works. We have a structure in place that's been validated. We have a structure in place that's made significant improvements over the last several years. And with no discussion with even the staff from the MPTC, they just got rid of it. Now, it's an amendment, so it's not part of, it's not necessarily going to make it in the law. But how do you disband an entire Commonwealth entity that's providing services today and not describe the replacement? Well, I, yeah, think, I think that just goes to show. I think that goes to show that it, it was rushed. Yeah. And and so you know we talked a little bit about the process in the Senate, um, and then and you know we had much higher hopes and expectations for the House, and then you know essentially the testimony and the stuff that we sent to the House, um, they, in many cases they ignored all of that as well. So what came out didn't represent the interests of Massachusetts law enforcement. Uh, there's an interesting infographic. It's on it's online and on social media from the Mass Chiefs. Missouri, so, you know, we're, we, no, not Minnesota, I'm sorry. So we are where we are in the summer of 2020 because of the, um, Missouri, Minneapolis. So we are where we are because of the incident that happened with the death of George Floyd. They just passed their police reform legislation. Their police reform legislation basically mirrors the recommendations of the Mass Chiefs. Massachusetts, where we didn't have a problem, our proposed police reform legislation goes farther than they did in the state where the incident occurred. And so if you look at the, the infographic that the Mass Chiefs put out, it outlines the two, the two different states' versions, what the state that's trying to correct the injustice is doing, and what we're doing on top of what they're doing without a, 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 an incident that kicked it off. It, and, you know, not only that, I mean, I, I think that it has to be considered to where, where we have been, as you mentioned, you know, we have, where the state has been very progressive. Um, I, I think we as a, a department have been very progressive 
and um, that doesn't seem to um, it, it doesn't seem to that it's considered um, you know it, it's just uh, I think knee, knee jerk reaction has been the term that's been kind of thrown around a friend there. of mine uh, a colleague from training he's he's off on a training mission right now but he was traveling uh from one of the airports he posted a link to a research study and i i don't have the study in front of me so i'm spitballing here but essentially um a law enforcement research institute went out and they looked at the stuff from the fbi statistics on uh, use of force and they they tried to come up with a ratio for Per number of incidents, the, the percentage or portion of a percentage of police encounters that resulted in a fatal use of force. And they they did the ratio and then they ranked the states by by ratio. Um, and Massachusetts is among the lowest in the nation. It was lower than Vermont and New Hampshire. Right? And yeah. we've got some fairly significant metropolitan areas. But the reason that our use of fatal or deadly use of force in the commonwealth is so low is and you've heard me say this before we train integrated use of force we do the force escalation de-escalation as part of our basic training we don't go out and train in silos and so because we build that in to our climate and our culture and we expect our young officers to be able to move between their force options seamlessly in both directions we have options whereas elsewhere in the country where they train in silos and they train one force option at a time what you see is an officer commits to a force option and then they're in that they're they're on that train and they can't get off we haven't done that in the commonwealth in over 30 years i i you know i again not being part of the training and being part of uh, administrative staff to have you know to be privy to a lot of this knowledge that's really public knowledge but um I didn't realize that until I think we had a conversation. I forgot when it was, Chief, but you're right. I, I have heard you talk about this before, but I, I was dumbfounded to, to to hear that the states don't train like you're not training all the same, which I think wow. is is part of the aggravation um, that a lot of the communities are having. And that's one of the things that law enforcement has been saying for the last several months. There's 18,000 police departments in this country. And depending on what your state guidelines are, that means there's potentially 18,000 different policy manuals and 18,000 different specialized and in-service training modules. And what law enforcement has been saying since the 60s is, get us all on the same page. Give us one set of policies, give us one set of training manuals. You know, We'll tailor them and customize them to our individual community, but let's make sure that what you know Pittsfield is doing is the same as Boston, what Boston is doing is the same as Baltimore. We don't do that. And, and that that aspect of police reform is absolutely being supported by by you know the the um, mass chiefs, for example, right. the you know the unions and whatnot. But that's not included in any of the current efforts. Yeah, there's there's no there's nothing in the current efforts to try to do that. Right? So, and then the other thing that there's been a lot of conversation about, and actually the the. Um, WAMC article that Darren just referenced is that was what they wanted to talk about is this whole conversation about qualified immunity and you know I don't want to I don't want to throw salt in an open wound people are angry I get it but I had a conversation last week with uh, Mass Chiefs legal counsel and so a couple different things one the vast majority of people who are not involved in in the legislative process who are weighing in on this 
They don't understand the difference between qualified immunity and absolute immunity. They, they think that what's being legislated is absolute immunity, which police officers do not have. Uh, they don't understand that qualified immunity doesn't just apply to police officers, that it applies to all public officials who work in a realm where they might make decisions under color of law. Chief, not just intro. So we, we talked about, you know, different states. And again, the thousands of different departments having different policies. You know, the absolute, uh, um, the absolute, is that just... Are we the only ones that don't? Or do we don't have it in mass, but are there states that do have that? No. Okay. So not, not for law enforcement. Okay. So um, absolute immunity means that, you know, by virtue of your position or, or whoever, you know, whatever role you're playing, you can't be individually held liable or sued. And there are certain elected officials and, and certain government entities that enjoy absolute immunity. Um, we've We've seen that in local litigation when we get named in a lawsuit with some Commonwealth agencies and they immediately get dropped. <laughs> and even though everything that led to the totality of the circumstances involved us and our partners from other agencies, when the suit goes forward, the Commonwealth agencies get pulled out and we go and defend it by ourselves, even though there was a bunch of other people there. So that's, that's frustrating because we don't enjoy absolute immunity. And some of the people who are supporting some of this these changes, they do, right? But qualified immunity applies to people who are in public service, who work in an area where you could impact somebody's constitutional rights by making decisions on the color of law. And so qualified immunity applies to police officers, but technically it could apply to firefighters. Uh, it can apply to select board members. Um, and the language that's in the police reform package addresses qualified immunity not qualified immunity for police officers. So these changes are going to have widespread implications to a variety of government functions, and these other government functions aren't being included in this either. Right? So you get, um, I don't know, a member, an a, appointed member of a border commission that's making a decision on something related to zoning, uh, and they're they're a well-intentioned volunteer, but they make a decision and it violates somebody's rights. But they didn't do it on purpose, right? They're, this is something they're doing as a as a volunteer. And now they're potentially personally liable for a decision that they made in good faith because the law wasn't clear. And, and the law, the, the, you know, I, I don't know if, again, for the listeners, we operate based on statutes, but there's often multiple um, you know, a lot of case law, which may affect an outcome. And right. we, we, you know, we're, we're police officers. We're not attorneys. We don't have the, the uh, you know, the luxury of being able to, you know, study and, and know the law inside and out. You know, we, we, we're, we're trained on it. We're educated on it. But, I mean, we have to, we have to work the street. We have to be on the street. And, you know, to the expectation to know um, or anticipate all outcomes is unrealistic. So, you know, having that qualified immunity um, allows us to, you know, police our communities and and be be appropriately, um, you know, assertive in in completing those duties without the, the, the worry that we're going to be held personally liable for it. Doesn't, it, 
it doesn't even have to do with being appropriately assertive. It, it has to do with not having the ability to anticipate all possible outcomes, right? So, you know, the, yeah, it's a better way to say it for sure. <laughs> the way the proponents are, the way the proponents are describing it is qualified immunity means you can't sue an individual police officer. And that's a blanket statement and it's not accurate. It means that an individual police officer can't be held responsible for their actions that they took in good faith when the law is not clear, right? It doesn't mean that if they engage in egregious misconduct, they can't be sued. Police officers are sued as part of acts of misconduct on a regular basis. So that I put an infographic out last week. I don't know if I put it out to the, all sworn personnel or just in command. Yeah, you did. But, but it was the comic strip, right? Yeah. It was one that they, and so that's that's the best example I've seen. When the the increase in cell phone cameras filming officers in the field started to started to increase when that started to happen, we hadn't been there before. And so there wasn't any case law on it. And so when those cases started coming up and people were saying, you denied my ability to film you in the field, you violated my constitutional rights, there was no law on that. And so what the court said was, yes, it's a constitutionally protected right. Yes, your rights were violated when they told you they you had to stop filming. But there's no law on this. So those officers could not be expected to understand the law. So the individual officers grant qualified immunity. They can't be held responsible. You can still continue your suit against the agency or the municipality or, you know, the the managers or whatever the suit continues but the officers are severed and when that happens then that clearly establishes the law so the next officer who does it after the case came out now they don't get qualified immunity anymore because the law has been established and so that that comic strip kind of like clears it it's not that you can't sue them it's that they can't be held an individual officer can't be held responsible for something they couldn't possibly know because we've never been there before. It's a good rundown, Chief. Um, we are. We have ninety uh, seconds left. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I've been out of touch for a couple weeks now. Gary's been out of touch. I don't know exactly what's going on in the, as far as special events in the community. I know there's some stuff planned in the common this week. Actually, the NAACP will be in the common for a voter registration and some music. Um, but going back to, you know, before time off, the the big thing, again, go find the Cultural Pittsfield newsletter, um, follow that, check it out. There's a ton of stuff going on this weekend. Um, a lot of our local businesses and partners have managed to do some really cool stuff with their outdoor spaces. Um, you know, places are opening for indoor dining. Before I went into quarantine, I got to go check out a couple of my favorite uh, local places before our trip in their dining rooms. So get out of the house, enjoy the uh, the local Berkshire weather, enjoy what we have to offer, stay safe and healthy, and uh, we'll see you in some fashion next week. Sounds good. Um, right, and we anticipate being back next Friday uh, on Absolutely. patrol with the PPD. You got anything You're before right, we sign off, Darren? Uh, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's rare. I have nothing to say. <laughs> It's All good right. to hear you, Darren. Uh, good to hear you, Chief. Thanks. You. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this is Have a great week. On Patrol with the PPD, signing off.
89.7 WTBR-FM Pittsfield.